Hey y'all, what's up? What's good? What is poppin'? It's your girl, Britt Nicole. And of course, I had to come back with more episodes of Trapped in My Mental. Stay tuned. What's up, y'all? Now, I know, I know, your girl's been MIA, right? <laughs> um, But as I stated in the beginning of my podcast, I was going to be as transparent as I know how to be. And I know that people are really going through real life things, and that's including myself, where sometimes I have to mentally step back from my own my own self. I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes you have to just step out of your thoughts and see what it is that's really the problem, what it is that's triggering you to be angry, upset, not happy. And within these last couple of weeks, I had to do that. I had to, I was not feeling myself. I was going into a depressed mode. uh, mode. I was just like, I wasn't myself. I was just not really happy, you know, and I had to take myself away from my own, my, my mind and say, Brittany, like, what is it? What is it that's not making you happy? What is it that is making you so angry, you know, and I have to always tell myself that me being angry doesn't change my situation. Honestly, it adds on to it. And I have to do better. I have to figure out a better uh, wave for myself. Not wait, a wave. Um, because I I tend to trap myself in in in, in my anger and in the in the things that are going on in my life that's not going the way that I want it to be and I have to just kind of sit back and tell myself that this is not permanent what you're going through is a season right and and seasons they go on and they pass through and then now there's another season so I have to just remind myself daily that I would be okay that I am strong and that I have God I decided to go ahead and go into a little bit of a story mode with you all. Um, I know a lot of people may not follow my um, other social platforms, my other, you know, social medias such as Facebook and um, my personal Instagram, where I've shared um, some of my emotional moments and things that I've been going through in my life or just in 2021 in general. Um So I'm going to go ahead and share that with you guys today. So it all started July 11th, to be exact. It started with my oldest daughter. She was a cheerleader. And this particular day, she was getting ready for her cheerleading photos. And we were talking about it the night before. Um, what we were going to be, you know, doing her getting up in the morning, showering. And then, of course, you know, I put on, you know, do the makeup or whatever on her. And this, this, the, the morning came and she was, it was, she was normal. She actually woke herself up. I did not have to wake her up. Um, or actually, let me take that back. I did. I think I got up. I heard my girls, um, rooms are on the, uh, upper floor from my room on the, on, the, on the upper level and I opened the door and I yelled her name you know like Asia wake up 
and she woke up and she, you know, you, you, you hear her moving around in her room regular and she came down the steps regular talking to me and she's like, mom, are you still going to do my makeup? And I'm like, yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm still do your makeup. She's like, okay. So she goes in the bathroom, turns on the shower water and you could just kind of hear her getting ready for her day. And I, I'm going to say it was, it had to be in God. My kids normally don't wake up around the same time, like back to back for some reason, especially on the weekend. Um, but something or someone woke my middle baby up. Now, mind you, my room is right next to the bathroom, but with the shower water being on and things like that, I couldn't really, I just, just can hear the water. Um, so, and I can hear them talking to like I, my, my middle daughter, you know, was knocking on the door and she's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And surprisingly, my oldest daughter let her in and used the bathroom before she hopped in the shower. And probably not even three minutes, all I hear is my my middle child saying, Mama, Mama, Asia passed out. Asia passed out. And it was it was serious. Like it was serious in her tongue. Like she was scared. She didn't know what was going on, you know? So I hopped up out the bed. I'm like, hey, having a uh, she passed out. I hopped up. My baby is literally in the in the hallway seizing. Half half of her body is in the bathroom. The other half, like her her head and stuff, top body is out in the hallway and she's just jerking. Eyes rolled to the back of her head, uh foaming, you know, with saliva at the mouth lips turning purple oh my god it was the most scariest moment of my life I went crazy I couldn't think my mind was everywhere mind you guys I've been in the health field since my middle child for 10 10 plus years um, that I've been working in nursing homes, hospitals, rehabilitation centers, or rehabilitation hospitals. I've I've worked there, but to actually actually see your own child seizing, oh my goodness! Like my heart, my mind, it could not take it. I was so scared. I I did not. I thought I was losing my baby. The way she looked, I've never seen her in this state ever. This was the very first seizure she had in all her almost 16 years of life. Cause this is July. She turned 16 in August. And all I know is my babies, they were crying. My youngest daughter, my middle child that witnessed it. I had to kind of like control them and have them go in, in my room. My husband hopped up and he's on it. You know, he's, he's, he go get his phone. He's calling 911. I'm yelling at him to call 911, but he was already doing it. And I kind of had to slap myself in the face. I didn't actually slap myself in the face, but it was one of those situations where I'm like, Brittany, calm down, calm down. You have to focus. You got to focus on Asia. Don't let your, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't let your mind have you you going this place and this place and not really focusing on the actual issue. So I had to calm myself down and I started to talk to my baby and I'm like, you'll be okay. Mommy's right here. You're good. I got you. I got you. Just stay, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Right. Because I've never really witnessed a seizure. I've seen them, you know, on movies. I've heard of people having them. Um, but the way she was seizing, it just, 
I don't know. Like, I just felt like my baby was gone. I don't even know. I can't even explain to you. All I can say is that the, the thought of her season crosses my mind often. In the beginning, it was almost like every night, like I was losing sleep because I would just dream that she was having another seizure. So, you know, she she had the seizure. Um, I didn't even realize that my child had no clothes on until after my husband told me the ambulance was getting ready to come in. So I'm like, go grab the couch cover. I wrapped it around her. And as they were like walking in, she's, her body starts to kind of relax more. And she then kind of come back to like a responsive like she can, she's, her eyes are open and she can, she's looking around, but she's like scared. She's confused. She had no clue what the heck happened. Like she didn't even know she was having a seizure during the seizure. Like it was just really, really scary. Um, she went to the hospital. They did like the CT. They didn't see like any tumors or anything. Thank you, God. They didn't see any cancer or anything. Um, and then of course, like the following week, her primary care doctor wanted her to get an EEG. So we did get the EEG done and they did see um, some activities in the brain, which were like sparks that could possibly cause another seizure. So we did decide to go into treatment and it has been six months or almost six months since my baby has had a seizure. And I really, really thank God for that. I really do. Um, but just in that phase, in that time, I just was not myself. And still, even still to this day, like, even though I talked to the neurologist and she hasn't had a seizure, it just still scares me as a mother because, again, my kids are on a different level. Um, Their rooms are on a different level than mine. So anytime, like, they're above me. So anytime I hear, like, a consistent bump, <laughs> and it's really hard because when you have, like, a toddler that likes to run around and her room is upstairs too, it, it gets really hard. So you almost kind of have to listen and and see what type of bump it is, you know, like if it's like a someone running around stumping or is it like someone fell out the bed and and you could just hear the bumping from like a seizure. It it's 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 pretty wild. Um and that's kind of just my life right now. Um and if I do hear like if no one's upstairs and you know, like my two kids are downstairs and my oldest is upstairs by herself and I hear something, I instantly like go check on Asia. <laughs> Or I'll call her phone, and if she answers, I know she's good. If she don't answer, then, okay, we need to go check on my baby and make sure she's good. But this is my life, and I still have to pray myself through it because I I, I, I don't like to feel scared. But when it comes to your child or your loved one, it's, oh, it's, I can't even explain to tell someone how to get through it because I'm still getting through it. And it's only been six months. It hasn't even been a year or a couple of years or, you know, anything like that. So I still feel like with my daughter, I am still kind of in the healing phase and trying to get better at letting her go places without, without me, or, you know, she want to go swimming in the summer. That part is scary. Having to be sure that she's around people or surrounding around people that really cares for her and her life. So that if she is swimming and she was to just blankly have another seizure, that she's not in the pool drowning because no one's paying attention to her. Or if she's at a friend's house, how would they react to it if she was to just have one? Because with seizures, it's just really, really unpredictable. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to happen again. It's, it's 
there's just no way, really way of knowing until it until until it happens. And that is what we've been trying to prepare for. And her, you know, with her close friends, she let them know that she's epileptic and so that they are more aware. So if anything was to happen to her, they know, okay, what do we, what do they need to do? And knowing how to contact me as soon as possible. So this was July, right? (laughs) And then here comes August, my daughter, you know, she's getting ready to be 16. So we're trying to continue on with life. We're trying to get past what just happened and just trying to maneuver around it and accept it right especially her because she just didn't understand she don't remember having it she don't you know it was just really tough to have a teenager that never had a illness you know like just a cold or a little cough or something but never really had to be diagnosed with something until now so that is that was a, another big struggle of trying to get her to understand the seriousness of what she was just diagnosed with um and then just still trying to be able to continue on with life, knowing that we have this extra baggage tagged along with us, right? So, you know, she, we're getting ready for her photo shoots. She's getting ready to be 16. Bam. My mom and my husband both have COVID. They both get COVID. And it's weird because we all live in separate houses. My mom live in her house. I live in mine, right? They didn't really cross track around this time. So it's weird that they both get COVID. Luckily, I didn't have COVID. So I was able to, you know, assist my mom getting her food and things like that. And as well as being able to assist my husband. Um, Thank God that they did not have to be hospitalized or be placed on a ventilator or anything like that. So I really do thank God for that healing because of course, COVID is really, really scary itself. So not a, not only are we dealing with COVID and catching COVID and possibly having to be hospitalized and just not knowing what's going to happen after COVID, you know, approaches us, but then dealing with my daughter who is now epileptic and has, has had a seizure. And like I said, you know, my mom and my husband, they were able to get through it. Um, they quarantined themselves. They started feeling better. They were able to go back to work. Boom. My husband, he he gets this job offered, nice paying money, but he had to go and he had to study, take a test because the particular job offer he needed a license in Missouri. So he's you know he's excited, we're excited, you know, thinking you know everything is is turning out right for us, right? And as he was preparing for this um, test that he had to take. My birthday approached, so, you know, my birthday, September 4th, we had a nice dinner, just me and him, a rooftop dinner. It was beautiful. But then a couple of days later, something else happens, right? Like, what else could go wrong? And I'm, like, sitting upstairs. It's September 7th, to be exact. And I'm sitting upstairs in in the main portion of our home. And my husband, he, you know, he has like his man den. He's normally downstairs in the basement. That's where his his desk, his computer, his TV, all of that, you know, is downstairs. So he's downstairs studying for this license that he has to take Monday. Because this was on a Sunday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Don't quote me. But... Or it was a Saturday, maybe. I'm not sure, y'all. But um, I know he was downstairs t- uh, studying for his, his test that he had to take and the following week. And um, 
I'm upstairs. I'm a college mom. You know, I, I go to um, online school. So I'm upstairs trying to do my homework. Crunch time trying because it was due at 11.59. So I'm upstairs in the main floor doing my homework. And I get my husband calls my name. And he's like, babe. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I feel weird. And I'm like, you feel weird, weird? Or, you know, like we're talking back and forth again from two different levels of the house. And he's like, I don't know. I just feel weird. So me, you know, just me being me, I'm like, okay, well, if you don't feel good, come upstairs, you know, lay in the bed. Just just come upstairs. And he's like, well, I can't. He was like, I need you to come to me. And, you know, if you're a mother and if you're a wife or you have a significant other, you don't, you don't, you know, when you're, when we doing something, we doing something like, hold on, you know, but something within me, here we go. God again is saying, go check on your husband. So I stopped doing my homework. I went to go check on my husband. So I go downstairs and he's telling me, you know, his symptoms. He feel like a tight sensation in the head. His arms are starting to become tingled. You know, just these different things that he was feeling. And my husband has a heart condition. He has had it. I've been with my husband for 17 years. He has had this heart condition since I've known him. And I was 13 when I met him. Um, and he was diagnosed with a heart condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So in my mind, I was like, okay, is he having a heart attack? Right? So as he's telling me these symptoms, I'm Googling them. Listen, y'all, don't Google everything. But this time, Google was on my side, right? So I'm Googling, and it pulled up two different diagnoses. It said my husband was either having a heart attack or he was having a stroke. I went more so towards the heart attack because, again, my husband has an irregular heartbeat. He has this heart condition. So I'm like, maybe he's having a heart attack. Maybe we need to call 911. But then it, it went a different direction. As I'm looking up these symptoms, my husband goes to grab something off of his desk and when he picks it up, he drops it. And mind you, at this time, we're not even talking to each other. I'm looking at my phone, but I'm looking at him because he's directly in front of me. He's sitting in his in his office chair. So I'm just looking at him, but I'm looking at my phone and I'm looking at him and I'm just observing. I'm no doctor, but I've been in the health field for quite some time. So I kind of know a little something. So I'm like, okay, he drops it. He goes to pick it up and I'm watching him. It's like slow motion in my head of you just watching somebody do something without really thinking about what you're watching. You're just watching them, right? So I watches him and whatever he dropped, he goes to pick it up, but he couldn't pick it up. He was struggling with picking it up. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, why he can't pick that up? So I'm looking at him and I'm looking at his hand. He lost all mobility. Like it won't even grab it. It was just like just hitting it with the back flaps of his hand. And I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, what is going on? And then he starts to drool. So while he's bending down, trying to make himself pick this item up, he goes to start drooling. And I'm just instantly like, oh, my goodness. I think my husband is having a stroke. As he doing all of this, I'm looking at the stroke symptoms, and he having the exact same thing of what I'm reading. I'm like, this can't be. He having a stroke? And he lifts up, right? And he starts to go towards his right side. Because, I, I mean, I'm assuming his left side, he started to lose feeling. So you see him kind of like body going towards the right side. And then his face is just twisted up to one side. And his speech 
it began to get slurred. Like he wasn't even talking clear no more. And so I like instantly called 911. And I said, can someone please come to my home? My husband is having a stroke. And she's like asking me questions on the phone, you know, um, and telling me to stay with him. Don't leave. Don't walk away. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, my God, I can't walk away. My my middle baby is not even at home. She's with my mother. The only people that were here was me, my husband, my three-year-old at the time. She just turned four December 10th. And my now 16-year-old daughter, who is all the way upstairs. I'm all the way in the basement. If I was to scream her name, she wouldn't hear me. And I'm on the phone with the ambulance ask, answering questions. So I couldn't call her and say, you know, Asia, come downstairs. So thank God I have a smart toddler <laughs> That, that really understands and comprehends because that was all I had. And luckily she was like right at the basement steps. So I'm like, Amira, I need you to do mommy a favor. I need you to go upstairs and get your sister and tell her to come downstairs. So mind you, that's all I told her to do. My daughter, after the fact of all this chaotic stuff that was going on, my daughter was like, you know, she went upstairs. She's like, Asia, my daddy have to go to the hospital, come downstairs, and I couldn't do nothing but laugh because I'm just like, thank God for this smart little baby of mine. Because <laughs> um, she understood the assignment. Let me tell you that. She most definitely went upstairs, got my daughter, and my daughter came downstairs. And my daughter's like, what's going on? What's happening? I couldn't really answer her questions because I'm on the phone with the, you know, with 911 right now. And um, I'm like, Asia, go unlock the top door, you know, the, the front door so that the ambulance can walk in easily. So she goes to do that. The ambulance comes in the house. I'm like, my husband is having symptoms of a stroke. He can't really answer questions. He can understand. He can comprehend what we're saying to him because when I ask him questions or when they're asking him questions, he can answer yes or no. But when he talk, it doesn't, it's not clear, right? So they started questioning me and they're like, well, he's only 32 and blah, blah, blah. And then they tried to start saying that my house started smelling like gas or something. And they were thinking that because of the smell of the gas and because he was in the basement, that could be a trigger of whatever symptoms he's having. And I'm like, no, that doesn't even sound right. So they, they asked him, could he walk? He couldn't walk. Of course. Um, he couldn't even feel the left side of his body anymore. So they did go get the gurney, um, and brought it through the basement door, got him in, you know, into the gurney and took him to the hospital. I, you know, took my kids to my mother's house, went to the hospital. We were there for like probably sitting in the freaking waiting room, my, my father-in-law and myself for about 30 to 40 minutes. And I'm like, it does not take 30 to 40 minutes to do a CT scan. Right when I started to get a little antsy and like start questioning them, the nurse comes out, she comes to get me and we're talking and I could tell just by the way she's looking that it wasn't good. And I'm just sitting here like we still walking and I'm like, okay, we stop. And I'm like, well, this is not where my husband is. Like, where's my husband? Like, you know, why aren't you taking me to where my husband is? So I'm instantly my heart racing now. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what she's going to to tell me. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Am I going to go home? And am I going to be told my husband passed away? Am I going to have to go tell three daughters of mine that they don't, they no longer have a father? What is going to happen? What is she about to open up her mouth and say to me? And she's like, your husband is having a stroke and it's bad. She's like, he has blood clots in his brain and we have, the doctor decided to do an emergency um procedure 
to remove the blood clot. If we do not remove the blood clot now, it's just not going to be good. I just instantly like fell to my knees. Like I just started bursting in tears. I'm like, what more could freaking happen to me? What more from my daughter having a seizure to COVID to now this, my husband has blood clots in his, in his brain. What the heck? And I'm just sitting there like, Lord, I know I, I was taught to not, you know, question you. We're not supposed to question you, but is it anything that I did wrong to be going through this nightmare? Because it has been nonstop for me, nonstop. And thank God I had my father-in-law. He was able to talk to me and try. he was trying to get my mind off of things. Um, but they were able to remove 85% of the blood clots. My husband did not have to go into the ICU. Thank you, God. He he did have um, some minor uh, damage in the brain. Um, but with, uh, you know, heavy therapy, he would make it through. Um, but it's just, it's, it's just so much put on a family in whole, you know, to have to think about your child's health to now your husband's health and to still not forget about your own, because now I'm the, the one that has to be strong for the whole entire house, right? If something happens to me, if I get sick, if I get hurt, who's going to take care of them? So now I just feel like I have so much weight on me and I don't know how to take it off. And it caused me to go into depression. It caused me to go into anxiety. And I almost let up on God. I'm going to tell you that like I I I I just felt like I don't I don't how could God put so much on one person, on an entire family? But I felt like even though they were going through stuff, I was trying to figure out how I can go through it with them. And, and still be strong to so that we all could just be good. You know, I'm the one that has to now financially take care of the home and make sure everyone's taking their medicine and making sure all of these doctor's appointments. It is crazy. It is crazy, y'all. But God ain't let up on me. And I prayed and I prayed. And mind you, I don't have much family. All I have is my mom and my husband and my kids. All I had was God to talk to. All I had was him. And I cried and I cried and I went into my car and I cried and I laid in my bed and I cried. Like I was, I, I was, I've been crying for months, y'all. <laughs> I've been crying for months nonstop. And I just been praying. And the only thing that I've asked for is strength. That's all I've asked for, for from God is strength. And still to this day, Daily, when I wake up, I have to tell myself, Brittany, this is not long term. This is not permanent. You're going through a season right now. We all go through seasons and there's multiple of them, right? Like when it's, it's one season and then when that season goes, then the next season happens, right? And right now I'm just going through it. And I know that the the next season it's going to be better than this season because God told me that, right? And I just want you guys to know just as a message and just after me telling my story, we all are going through something. It doesn't even matter if this person is going through something worse than this person. We are all going through something and it all can mess us up mentally. It can mess us up mentally 
And my message to you guys is to keep going. If you have that big family and them friends that support you, that is a blessing. Let them support you. But I'm going to tell you, talk to God still. Talk to him. Whatever you believe in, the most high, whoever you believe in, talk to him. You know, because the power of prayer is everything. And the power of prayer and, and God, just me knowing that he's next to me, saved my life because I almost wanted to give up and just be like, it's, what's the point of me living? What is the point of me living life if I have to live it like this? Why Why do I have to live life like this? So unhappy, so dark, so miserable. Why am I living? And God said, because look, look what I gave. Look what I blessed you with. Look what you have. I had to realize that I had to stop putting what I wanted my future to look like and stop worrying about the future and to be grateful of what I currently have a roof over my head. I still have a job that supports my family. Even if it's so, if it's, if it's hard, it still supports my family, my, my, my babies. I get to wake up each and every day and hear their voices and talk to them. Even if I feel like they getting on my nerves, they still here. I get to, to still lay in the bed next to my husband. I still get to hear his voice. I still get to pick up the phone and call my mom. I am blessed. I am grateful. And because of God and me talking to God, I he he that's 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 what he showed me. Not what the what just happened or not what my future may or may not be, but what I have currently. So my message to you guys, if you are going through it, you're going to get through it. Right. They say it's either going to make you or break you. Don't let it break you. Let it make you <laughs> let it let it strengthen you. You will get through. That is all I have today. We're going to do what we got to do in 2022 because we all don't know what 22 will bring. But with prayer, it's going to be tw- it's, it's going to be a bomb 2022. OK, that's that's all we're going to keep positive positivity but yep your girl is out all love peace and positivity to you talk to y'all later bye